A wise man once said that teams to remember play in December. Hello, everyone. Ryan Fox here, joined alongside Kenny Heath, and welcome to episode 16 of the Central Texas Football Podcast, the regional final edition of the CTFP. Kenny, how are we doing today, sir? We're doing good, man. Uh, the the pot's slowly shrinking, but we still got a good a good group of games here in uh, the Syntex area, and it looks like it's going to be a good weekend. And a great slate of games last week as well. And let's start there. You know, look at some of the results last week. Uh, Harker Heights getting their win at McLean Stadium against Spring DeCaney. Uh, China Spring taking care of business at Lake Worth. Um, Columbus taking care of Yo and a lopsided affair there. What, what, what was? Did you have any surprises? Things that surprised you from uh, last week's results? I thought it was pretty cut and dry myself. Yeah, I, I really expected West maybe to to challenge Malakoff a little, little bit more, but mm-hmm. you know Malakoff just kind of did what Malakoff does, man. They came in there mm-hmm. and played really tough defense and and, scored, and took advantage of their opportunities and and kind of pulled away there at the end. So. Yeah, a little surprised by that. I thought Yo would give Columbus maybe a little bit better game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Franklin, Hitchcock, about what we thought. Teller Hamilton, Riesel Crawford, Mart, Roland. Uh, I thought Chilton and Burton might be a little bit closer, but uh, I think Burton's a really good ball club. Uh, it, it was close. 7 nothing. Oh, yeah, final. my bad. I got that mixed up. No, with the, oh, no you're good. 7 yes, nothing. Though, but like the surprising game. thing was Chilton not scoring at all. No. That surprised me as well. Cause yeah. Both teams, we both knew coming to that game, both teams had darn good defense, but they also had darn good offense. Yeah. I guess in cases like this, defense would champion. Yeah, you get in the playoffs and, you know, you kind of gauge these teams on who they played and who Mm -hmm. who had, and you really can't tell until they play head to head. And yeah, uh, yeah, my bad on that 7 0 ball game, Burton coming out uh, kind of a deep uh, baseball score there. Yeah, and then we were just talking about it uh, a couple minutes before we started recording here. Pottsboro and Grandview. How about Grandview's plan of attack on offense coming out with Case and English and the Wildcat? I didn't expect that at all. Well, they've been doing that. Uh, you know, they really? did it against Whitney and they did it mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs. And it's hey, it's working for them. But and and I would never second guess Coach Ebner or I think the offense coordinator's coach John Jay over there. Never second guess them. But yeah. after Whitney almost throws for four hundred against Pottsboro, you would think they would come out tossing the ball and then, you know, kind of soften up the defense and then start running it. But they ran it, and, uh, you know, I think it was really close in the first half, and they just started pulling away in the second half. And when you got a dude like Case in English, there's nothing wrong with putting the ball in his hands on every play and seeing what he can do. And their defense, man, that zebra defense is stifling. Got, you know, they got really good linebackers. We've yep. talked about that before. Yep. And, you know, and Coach Ebner, and we've said this before, you know, his, he thinks both his corners, the freshmen, uh, Mr. Allen and Case and English are lockdown guys. Like he'll, he can put them on an island and say, "Hey, you're on your own," and they fared just fine. Yeah, they're they're really really. Good. I mean, that's and that's another thing. That team is just so well coached, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, but I mean, you look Pottsboro. They scored 62 points the week before back in round two against Whitney, and they come out and Grandview shuts them down to seven. An unbelievable performance by the Zebras, but. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised by the result. I had Grandview winning that ball game. Just in the way they did it, it was impressive. But, I mean, aside from that, man, it was – the results were, as you said, they were exactly what we expected. But, you know, uh, before we move on to this week's games, we will start, as we always do, with our Matt Step question of the week. And, again, this week throughout the playoffs, we've just been asking – 
uh, Mr. Stepp what his favorite game from our region would be and uh, of the teams we cover. And Matt Stepp's answer was definitely the Franklin and Columbus game uh, that would be the game of the week. Franklin is the consensus number one team in 3A Division One, but Columbus is more than capable of pulling the upset. The Cardinals did knock off uh, Lorena, the defending state champions, in the bye district round on a last-second field goal and are fully capable of pushing Franklin in this top five showdown. And now there's a there's a lot of great games, Kenny. All these games being played for the regional championships and. I mean, Cameron Yo versus Franklin. Can you ask for a better matchup? Yeah, Franklin Columbus is going to be a great one. And some people may say, well, they're not Greater Syntax. They're probably the Brazos Valley region, but mm-hmm. we've adopted Franklin. You know, so mm-hmm, they're yeah. part of Syntax region for us. And <laughs> yeah, the the two headed monster that Franklin has on offense. Uh, Columbus has got that good quarterback. They've got a great running back. It's going to be a good one. I just think Columbus or uh, Franklin's defense is just too good, man. Yeah. And I think they'll shut them down and, and Franklin's going to score. They're just so physical and this Franklin defense has made such tremendous strides from the beginning of the year. They were, yes, given, they were giving up points earlier. Like, yeah, they've turned it on here in the, in, in the playoffs mm-hmm. and they're getting a lot, they're getting better and better. Yeah, like week by week it seems. And then the, I mean, because the offense, no, one can, no one's been able to slow down that offense at all. Not at all. And, you know, they, they held Hitchcock to 18, which Hitchcock was sco- was scoring pretty much 40, 50 points a game, it seemed. They were really, really good. Very athletic team at Hitchcock. That was probably the probably one of, if not the biggest surprise in all of Class 3 Division One. But their story came to an end. against Again, just running into a buzzsaw in Franklin. So I, I think that's a good pick there by Matt Stepp. Franklin versus Columbus, arguably the top game, not just in our greater Central Texas region, but probably in the entire state when it comes to Class 3 Division One. It's going to be an excellent, excellent ball game. And, you know, you look down at Region 4, I – who, who knows? You know, the, this, the winner of this Franklin-Columbus game could be the one that's just dead set on making it to the state championship game. Yeah, I think the parity uh, down the three and four, that, that side of the bracket, I think you just look at Franklin and they're, you know, pretty much had them coming out of it. Left side of the bracket, I mean, really, I like Whitesboro. Yep. I mean, I think a Whitesboro is going to give, you know, they're two inches short from beating Brock the first time and uh, – they played, and then you got that Malakoff, and we'll go over here in a little bit, the Malakoff-Grandview game. Mm-hmm. Who knows with that one? You know, Grandview beat them earlier in the year, but it's hard to beat a team twice, and that's going to be a great game. And they've played each other like eight times in the last oh, five yeah. years, something like This will be like their ninth matchup in the last five years. I mean, they're two teams that know each other really well. And then you look at that Whitesboro-Brock game, too. It's not on our run sheet, but we'll touch on it real quick uh, before we get started, you know. Whitesboro, like you mentioned before, they got stopped at the goal line in a 39-35 loss to Brock all the way back in district. And that was for the, for the district championship as well. You, you think those Whitesboro kids have forgotten about that? No. Heck, and, no, they haven't. No, and Whitesboro put it on Paradise, who's another district mate. Mm-hmm. They beat them 42-14 to 14 in district. I think it was a 12-14, you know, two-score game in district. Paradise mm-hmm. played them really tough. I think Whitesboro's rolling, and I think oh, they're yeah. ready to go. And, you know, in Brock, they got down early. Uh, last week, and you know, I thought Bushland was going to pull that one off and, mm-hmm. and beat Brock, but man, they stormed back and uh, scored a bunch of points. So this is going to be a good game. Yeah, and Brock's one of those teams. You know, they start off the season zero and four, but look at who they played. They played that tough t- competition. They played uh, Hershey and all these bigger schools. Gunter, Gunter, uh, Pleas- uh, 
Texarkana, Pleasant Grove, yeah, Pleasant and, Grove, and now and they're still playing as well. And they did that; they had that tough schedule exactly for this reason. They're still they start off zero and four, but look at them; they're still standing here in the region finals. Oh yeah, and, and Whitesboro played a tough schedule. Uh, you know, Grandview they had Glen Rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, who they have? They had Glen Rose and somebody else. Glen Rose beat them, but they had another. Oh, Malakoff, and they beat yeah. Malakoff. So they're yeah. they're in a, one of the big nineteen districts. So you got Glen Rose and Malakoff who are still playing mm-hmm. as your pre district. And we talked to Coach Ebner about that. And you know these these tough pre district schedules. They look for like this very pay, reason. They're paying off. They're paying dividends. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a great slate of games last week and an amazing slate of games this week. It's a, it's like as we mentioned in the top. A wise man once said. Teams to remember play in December, and that's exactly what yeah we're here for. I mean, this round four, they're playing for the regional championship. All these all these teams are just two wins away from making it to Jerry World and three wins away from hoisting up a trophy and ending their season as state champions. Just really, really fun time of the year. December football in Texas. It's hard to beat. It's going to be really, really exciting. Well, let's go ahead and dive right into this one. We'll start with our 1-6A game this week. DeSoto coming off a 38-14 win against Tomball, taking on Harker Heights. Big winners over Spring DeCaney last week. This game will be played Friday night at McLean Stadium, home of the Baylor Bears in Waco. And what do you see in this game, Kenny? Well, Harker Heights has a really good defense, but, man, their offense went off. Uh, Dylan Plake went for 284. Uh, Sanford went for 205. They had another running back. Uh, Mr. Washington went for 104. So, yep. this offense is clicking. And, you know, they gave up 24, I believe, or 24 to Spring to Caney. That's not the end of the world. This is going to be a great game. And I think what Matt Stepp said last week about – talent being all over the field it's the mm-hmm. same thing this week when you got DeSoto coming to town yeah both teams are unbelievably talented especially in the skill positions and then the thing with uh Harker Heights and you know I, I don't know much I don't know much about DeSoto either but what I've heard the rumblings is that they're the I guess the one glaring weakness on DeSoto's you know, just defensive side of the ball is that they've had they've struggled with stopping the run. You know, they gave up a lot of rushing yards to uh, Duncanville and you know schools like that. They can't they come out of that district of doom, so they're no stranger to tough competition. And then you look at Harker Heights on the flip side of that, and they want to run the ball, like you said. Rashawn Sanford over 200 rushing yards. Washington had over 100. You know, they're going to want to run the ball, and they've been able to do so effectively virtually all season. You know, uh, Harker Heights' one loss on the season was a one-point loss at Ratliff Stadium against Odessa Permian. And then just aside from that, they've won every other game. They're really, really good. DeSoto is really, really good. This is going to be a fun matchup here. Who do you have in this one? Man, you know, DeSoto has an all-worldwide receiver in Yontae Cook II. Yep. Uh, he's definitely a playmaker, but I'm rolling with the hot hand. I'm going with Colleen Harker-Heist, man. And, you know, you look at the, the, the Conley transfer, you know, kind of local interest, Trey Wisner. You know, I looked at his uh, stats for last week, three carries, 38 yards is long for 28. They've got another guy, in, uh, Ridden Jr., that runs the ball quite a bit. But, uh, man, I got Harker-Heist. Moving on. It's it's hard. It's hard. Shock the world. Uh, I'd love to see it. I really would. I I can't pick against Desoto. I really can't. <laughs> they're they're. I mean, just the pedigree that they have. I mean, this is Harker Heights' first time in round four ever. And then Desoto, they're no stranger to this round at all. They've been here countless times, it seems. But I, I'm gonna go with Desoto. Try to get a game on you, but it, it's gonna be an exciting matchup. The, the again, the, the thing. 
what it will come down for me in this game is the battle in the trenches. Can the offensive line for Harker Heights establish some dominance at the line of scrimmage and get Rashawn Sanford going, get that run game going to keep that explosive DeSoto offense off the field, control the clock, and come up, you got to come away with points every single drive against this DeSoto team. Now, that's a tall task, yep. but I think for Harker Heights, that's that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah, and they're going to have to contain that wide receiver. You and know, Jonte Cook. Mm-hmm. Do that. And I think, you know, their defense has been really good all year, so – I'm gonna roll with the with I, the Knights. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be pulling for the Knights, but I I can't pick against DeSoto. I'll take the Eagles to to take this one and move on to the semis. Now moving on down to Class 4A, really really fun matchup here. This game will be played Friday night at the brand new Crowley ISD Stadium. China Spring coming off their big time win against Lake Worth. We taking on the undefeated Anna Coyotes. How or Coyotes rather? How about that? Uh, Anna 13-0 into the regional championship. Uh, you know, this Anna program, I mean, we haven't really talked much about them this year. I mean, they're not in our area, but they're, they're a team that overall throughout their history doesn't have much success. 13-0 here and then taking on the defending state champions from 4A Division II last year in China Spring, now to Division One after this past year's realignment. This is going to be a fun matchup here, Ken. Yeah, and you, you look at their schedule. Of course, they knocked off Stephenville a couple of rounds ago. They beat Salina mm-hmm. by three, which that they played them uh, in their pre-district schedule and beat that, them that by was three a t- again. Yep. yep. So they beat the same team twice. You know, they beat some good teams. Decatur, they're still in the running. They beat Aubrey. They beat Van Alstine. Uh, a Kaufman team that I think China Spring played early. They or, played them early on in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, it was uh, back in round two. Yeah, so they got a 21-point win over uh, – Kaufman, man, they've got some quality wins on, on their schedule. Uh, but, man, Cash McCollum and company, I mm. think they're just on a roll. I you, think I'm going to have to go with the Cougars. I think both teams both teams are absolutely on a roll. It'll be a it, – it's a fun game here. I mean, we don't – I mean, honestly, I don't know enough about Anna to truly comment on them, but they're 13-0 they're and, and in the undefeated going into the regional championship for a reason. So, they're a darn good football team. But I'm with you. China Springs rolling. China Springs, they are 12-1. Their one loss on the year was an eight-point loss uh, to Dallas Parish Episcopal, which for most of the season they still could be. I'm not sure. But the number one team in all private school ranks in the entire state of Texas. Yeah, they're just – they recruit their kid. I mean, yeah. yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed about that. No, either. not at all. And then they just dominated – all the competition this year. They had to come back and win on a last-second field goal against Stephenville, but they've been rolling, rolling ever since throughout the playoffs. They beat Western Hills big. I think they put up over 70 points against Western Hills back in the first round, and I think they've won 41-7 to the last two weeks. Yeah, they're freaking – Cash McCollum, the Wimberley transfer, and uh, – you know, he's been playing excellent all year. You got guys like Tristan X-Line for China Spring as well. They have a lot of playmakers here. Mr. Hafford, and, and, and their Trey defense Hafford. is playing great. They gave up 154 yards to Lake Worth last mm-hmm. week, and they're just – it's a, they're a machine, man. And yeah. Yeah, it, this should be a great game, but I got China Spring winning this one. I'm going to take China Spring as well, but don't be surprised if Anna keeps rolling and stays undefeated. They're – Again, that's another team that they haven't been here before. If they've been here, it's been a long, long time. But they're – and it's going to be a tough one. China Spring, you know, they're mo- again, they moved up from 4 Division – from 4 Division two up to Division one this year. But they haven't skipped a beat. They've been dominant all year long. And I, I think they stay rolling as well. I'm going to take China Spring. 
Now down to 4A Division II. Glenn Rose, Hudson White and Company, coming off a big win against Wichita Falls Hershey. We're taking on Monahans, coming off their win in an absolute shootout, 62-55 against Godley. This game will be played Friday night at the Mustang Bowl in Sweetwater. What do you see in this one, Kenny? Man, uh, Monahans, their, their last two games, they beat Ferris and Godley, which come out of that same district mm-hmm. that uh, Glenn Rose is in. And, and they, you know, pretty close game, a uh, one-score game against Godley, which kind of is a surprise that Godley yep. went three rounds deep. Congrats to those guys over there, our Johnson County neighbors. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, they beat Ferris by 14. Man, if you've got Hudson White on your team, I'm, I'm going to pick you. I mean, next round <laughs> yeah. is going to be a little harder when they may have Kaufman mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh, Carthage in the next yep. round. But, uh, yeah, man, Glen Rose is rolling, and uh, mm-hmm. I think Mana has, has a great run here that way down in West Texas, but I'm going to go with uh, Glen Rose. I mean, you look at Monahan's; they put up, again, 62 last week against Godley. So you know they can score, but they also give up 55, and their defense hasn't been exactly great all year long. I mean, I, I mean – They've had a couple a couple flashes of being excellent, but you know they've given up they gave up twenty nine to Andrews, twenty to Big Spring, uh, twenty seven to Falls City, twenty nine to Fort Stockton. You know they've had a tendency to give up some amount of points, but you know, throughout the playoffs they've been fine. They gave up uh, uh, fifteen to Loveland, only twenty one to Ferris, but they gave up fifty five last week to Godley, which I think Godley was kind of in the same boat. They got their. They got to that point in round three last week because of their offense, not because of their defense. And and it seems like it'll be the same thing with Monahan's. I mean, they're they have they've been consistently good on defense, probably giving up probably an average of like fourteen to twenty points. Not terrible, but you know, the, giving up fifty five points to Gala that's last week kind of raised some eyebrows. And you know, you know, Glen Rose they took care of business against Godley back in district play. And you know when. You, like you said earlier, when you're riding with the hot hand, and what what always when in doubt, when in doubt, you go with the guy <laughs> with the team that has the best guy on the field, and that's Hudson White, absolutely no question. Yeah, he is something else. Uh, his senior year here, and hopefully, he. he uh, they, I think they're going to play at least one more game. And man, next week, the winner of Carthage, Texarkana, Pleasant Grove. That's I think that's who they play, and more than likely Carthage is going to win. But that'll be a great game because you know I don't know if Carthage has seen a type of kid and you know we talked to coach Ebner about Hunter White he's like dude you can't game plan for a kid like no, that I mean he, he hits as hard as he as fast as he runs you know he's just a all around tremendous football player so yeah I got Glenn Rose in this one I'll take Glenn Rose as well and like you said that was that was set up for an amazing matchup with you know you don't want to don't want to put any bad juju on anyone or make assumptions but I mean you you look at Carthage over there in East Texas. They've just been dominant all year long, and that They've well, been dominant every year, yeah, for a long, long time. And you know that's a team that's got or that's on a mission. Mm-hmm. You think they're not, still not ticked off about losing to China Spring back in the third round last oh, year? Yeah. And then they dropped down a division, so mm-hmm. now you know it just gets a little bit easier. But they're still up. If you had them in D one, they'd be making noise and doing oh, the same thing yeah, anyway. So you can put them in five A, and they'd be making noise. They're just Scott Surratt and company over there. They're just. Yeah. They're a dynasty over there. But, you know, I, I'm with you. I'll take Glenn Rose here. You know, they, they they beat a really, really good Hershey team last week, a Hershey team that was dominating throughout the playoffs up to that point. And then Hershey – or uh, Glenn Rose goes out and beats Hershey. Was it like 48-14, to 14, something like that? Yeah, it was uh, – you know, they pulled away there at the end, and Hershey's just a really, really strong ball club. But you know, Yeah. And we kind of 
we're looking towards that uh, that game. At, you know, at the preview when we did our preview, you know, we knew Hershey was going to be good, Glen Rose going to be good. Uh, I think we thought it was going to be a regional final, but I think the way that forfeit or whatever, however that happened with Graham, that uh, they kind of met uh, in the regional semifinals. But mm-hmm. yeah, Glen Rose is good, man, and, and I, I like them. Yeah, I'll I'll take the Fighting Hudson Whites to take care of business against Monahans. Now cl- down to class three at Division One. Again, we mentioned back at the top of the show with Matt Step question of the week, Columbus coming off a huge win against Cameron Yo. We'll be taking on the Franklin Lions. They're coming off a big lopsided win against a very good Hitchcock team. This game will be played Friday night at uh, the brand-new Tomball ISD Stadium, a great stadium, by the way. And this is, this is the matchup. You know, this is probably what a lot of people – if they didn't have Lorena making it this far, then, you know, I mean, I, I think a lot of people had, especially during the regular season, they had this being a Franklin-Lorena regional championship here. That was one of the uh, games we talked about back in that crazy, was it week eight or nine that had all those crazy district games? But that was a potential. But Columbus just went off and knocked him off in the first round on a last-second sec- last field goal, and they've been absolutely rolling ever since. This is going to be a fun matchup here, Kenny. And it's it's a class of styles here, too, because Columbus likes to throw the ball, and then Franklin with that, you know, wing tee, old-school offense, whatever you want to call it, and they just run it down your throat. Yeah, and, and, and you knew that somehow, some way, Franklin was going to be in this regional final, and you didn't know if it was going to be against Lorena, Columbus. And at the beginning of the year, you really thought Little River Academy was going to yeah. have something to say about it. Uh, you know, and then the, you never count out Hitchcock and those guys down there because they've had runs there before. But, yeah, this is kind of what you thought. You know, as the season went on, you go, okay, Columbus has got a pretty good ball club. Uh, man, but I just – I know Matt thinks this is going to be – I mean, and I agree that Columbus has the ability to upset Franklin. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, man, Franklin's rolling. And earlier in the year when Mount Vernon had their quarterback, I thought Mount Vernon was the team to beat in 3AD1. I thought they were going to win it all. When that when he went down, now I kind of shifted over to Franklin. And I think Franklin's just – they're my favorite to win the state championship game until they get beat. Yeah, I agree. It's hard – I mean, they've made it to the state championship game the last two years. The last two were in Division Two, but they moved right back up to Division One, and they haven't skipped a beat. They've been absolutely phenomenal all year long, and especially throughout the playoffs. I mean, that's that's the thing. No one's been able to stop them. No one's been able to stop Bryson Washington um, and this this unbelievable running attack. And they're they're so physical up front. And like we mentioned before, or at the top of the show, their defense has made incredible strides as the season's gone along. And they're just a complete football team right now. And I just – I don't see anyone stopping them. I mean, Columbus has been unbelievable all year long, too. I mean, they have some great signature wins, including that knocking out the defending state champion in the by-district championship and the Lorena Leopards. This will be a fun matchup here. But, I mean, I'm with you. I think until I get proven otherwise, I don't think Franklin gets beat. Yeah, I just think that they've got the hot hand, and that's that's my favorite to win it all until they, until they do get beat. Yeah, so uh, I guess we're in agreement here. I will take the Franklin Lions over the Fighting Shovels of Columbus. And also on Friday night, one of our – I mean, this is the game of the week for me. Crawford coming off a big win against Riesel. Toller coming off a dominant win over Hamilton. 
Game being played Friday night in Burleson. Crawford versus Toller. What do you see in this one? <sighs> Man, at the beginning of the year, I would say Crawford runs away with this. But after seeing the body of work that Toller's put together this year, man, they are and they have, a great team. They have arguably the best player. Uh, well, maybe. I mean, the best young player in like, Class 2 Division I mean, they, well, we'll put it this way. He's the he's the state's leading rusher in Class 2 Division One. Peyton Brown, so, superstar sophomore. He's like, what, six foot, six one, 230 pounds as a sophomore. He's a bowling ball. He has been unbelievable in that Toller running game all year long. And, I mean, it's like Franklin. No one's been able to stop Toller's no, rushing 20, attack all year 2, long. 2,600 yards and 48 touchdowns. Unbelievable. And that's the kind of the identity of that team. <laughs> Again, he's only a Coach sophomore. Moments. Yeah, he's a stud, dude. I mean, he's like a bowling ball. Um, you cannot bring him down. And nope. when we talked to Coach Mullins a couple of weeks ago, he's like, that's kind of the identity of our team. And he kind of – he's a sophomore, but that kid plays really hard and it kind of infects the whole team. Mm-hmm. And – uh I was reading the uh, the Waco trip recap of the, of the Crawford game. You know, they really only played about three quarters because I think in the first quarter, Arisa went on like an 11-minute oh, drive. Yep. Then they went on another seven-minute drive. So, mm-hmm. Crawford, although they play that run-based uh, offense, they're a quick-scoring team. That quarterback can take it to the house. They've got two or three running backs can take it to the house. So, I kind of look for this to be a kind of a – 38-42, 38-41 type of game. But I think I got Toller winning this. Yeah, I have Toller as well. And that's the thing. I think both these teams match up really, really, really well. Size-wise, speed-wise, and scheme-wise, they're so very similar. They both, they're, they're both run-first offenses with absolutely, you know, stiffening, dominant defenses as well, especially up front. Both teams are really big up front. Their skill players are just unbelievable. You got Peyton Brown. And then on the Crawford side of the ball, you guys, you got guys like Cameron Walker and Breck Chambers and everything. I mean, these guys, they, they have multiple. I mean, you look at Toller, they, you might consider them only being like a one-trick pony with, with – uh, with Peyton Brown, but then you uh, with these Crawford guys, you got guys like Walker and Chambers. They're they got multiple weapons, and and the thing is, both teams they both love to run the ball, but they can sling it a little bit too. I think they're very very similar offensively, and just as just as dominant defensively, this just makes for an amazing matchup game of the week for me, Ken. Yeah, and one thing I want to I want to keep an eye on, and I, I wish I'd talked to Coach Mullins about this, but you know they're running back Peyton Brown. He doesn't play defense. He's like he's God. the one trick pony that plays offense. He's got two tackles on the year. So in a game like this, do you throw him over there and let him play some linebacker, or do you keep him rested so you can just feed him the ball? I wonder how that that's going to go down. That'll be interesting. See how that goes. Because I guarantee you, the dude could play. Oh, he could. Play play, he could be middle linebacker, yeah. defensive end, no question. I mean, he is just unbelievable athlete. Just as a sophomore too, at the two A Division One level. He has Division One football size. I mean, oh, yeah. six foot, two thirty, two forty, whatever he is. He is a man's man as a freaking fifteen-year-old playing varsity football, just absolutely killing it all year long. This would be a fun game here, game of the week for me. I'm going to take the Rattlers in this one. I'm, I agree with you. I would, man. My work schedule got kind of turned around this week, so I'm not going to watch any games. But if I could go watch a game. 
It'd be this one. I would go. I'd go up to Burleson and watch this game because this is. I think it's going to be an awesome one, man. Yeah, it's going to be an unbelievable ball game. Really, really excited to see what the result of this one is. So now we'll move on to Class Two A Division Two. The Mark Panthers coming off a dominant fifty-eight nothing win over Sims Bowie, taking on the undefeated Love Lady Lions coming off a. A bit more competitive win, 32-21 to over Price Carlisle last week. This game will be played Friday night at Tigerland Stadium in College Station. Really, really fun matchup here. And then I think this is Mark's first true test of someone in their weight class at, at all this entire season. Maybe since Centerville because I was a Division One opponent. But, I mean, this is – I think, at least as far as the playoffs is concerned, at least, this is March's biggest test of the year. Yeah, and you've done a lot of research on Lovelady. You know, they're just mm-hmm. – we figured that out there. Well, I did. You probably knew they're They're east of Madisonville, kind of south of mm-hmm. uh, a Trinity there. Mm-hmm. So, I know Mars got their, their really good quarterback, Jonah Ross, and, mm-hmm. and they've got uh, some other dudes, uh, Brandon Lundy. Uh, tell us about Lovelady because apparently they've got a stud over there at quarterback. They have an unbelievable – I mean, you could call him a quarterback. He wears number 32. He's pretty much a fullback tight end guy. But they directly directly snap it to him, and they just run it down your throat with him. We were talking about it before. He reminds me – his name is Sean Easterling, the player for Love Lady. He reminds me a lot of Rodrell Freeman. You know, direct snap, just run it. And – He's big. He is six foot, 240, 250 pounds, <laughs> but he can run. Let me tell you, he's also top three tackler for them on defense. He's got a couple of interceptions throughout the playoffs as well. He is a stud, and they're really, really big up front. They're, across the board, they're bigger than Mart is. But, I mean, I've, I've seen Mart play a couple times this year. Mart undoubtedly has the speed advantage. And I think, despite the size difference, they're a lot more physical than Lovelady is. So this is a game that will absolutely be won in the trenches. I think that's what that's what got Lovelady over Price Carlisle, Price Carlisle last week because the Indians at Price Carlisle, they're pretty similar to Mart. They're not very big, but they're fast. They're very, very fast. But I think they're a bit smaller than Mart is. I think Lovelady was just able to... You know, establish you know some dominance at the line of scrimmage, get the run game going. Because with Sean Easterling, the guy Love Lady, he's not going down at first contact. He's a really, really big dude, really fast, very, very strong. It'll be a huge test for the Mart Panthers this week. But it's a, that that's what it comes down to. If Mart is able to you know stack the box, either force. Easterling to jump outside or force them to do something they really don't want him to do, and that's throw the ball. The, that, the game falls right into Mart's hands if they're able to successfully do that. Yeah, that's what it sounds. You know, just talking before, that sounds like probably what Coach Hoffman wants to do. Hey, mm-hmm. let's step the run and make those guys uh, feel uncomfortable and throw the ball. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about two A football. You know, you got the kid at Riesel, Gavin Oliver, that's a, a left tackle playing quarterback, and <laughs> yeah. Rodrell Freeman was playing defensive line. I think in that game when the quarterback mm-hmm. got hurt, hey. Come over here and play quarterback. 2A football is awesome. Uh, but, you know, with uh, J.D. Bell, Jonah Ross, Mark, I just think they got too many skill kids. I think they're just too uh, – and we talked about this. Maybe uh, they're just um, – uh, pause it. You're good, you're good. We'll cut it. Uh, 
they're too disciplined. You know, they're going to yes, play good very assignment football. And, uh, you know, it's like you were saying, that they're one, that you're going to have to score every drive mm-hmm. and, and, and get Love Lady behind the eight ball and make them do something they don't want to do, and that's throw the ball. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. I mean, this this dude, this Easterling guy, he's built like a tight end. You know, if not, but he's way above any speed. And it, for his size and speed, it should be illegal that he's playing a two A right now. That's <laughs> that. That's just. It's literally like he was built in a lab. He is unbelievable athlete, really good football player, and on both sides of the ball. The thing with the thing with Mark, they can score. They like uh, we saw. Earlier this week, and a tweet posted by our friend Greg Tepper, he's been on the show, mm-hmm. um, over Dave Campbell's Texas football. He posted a tweet talking about uh, the Mark Panthers are, lead the entire state of Texas in all classifications and uh, margin of victory. They win, they beat their opponents by over 52 points per game, which is unbelievable. And then you look at Love Lady, they're number three or four in the, in the entire state. They win by an average margin of 44 points per game. So in the words of Greg Tepper in that, of that tweet, something's got to give. I think it's going to be a really, really exciting matchup. And for Mark, let's see how they respond because th- this I think Love Lady's going to give them their toughest game of the year. It's going to be really, really exciting. But I... I I refuse to bet against Coach Kevin Hoffman and the Mark Panthers. Give me Mark to roll here. I agree with you. You know, this is the time of year. They're all going to be like this. It's not going to get easier next week. If you, if you make it past this one, you got uh, Burton or uh, mm-hmm. is it Granger? Granger. Yeah, Burton or Granger. So it's not going to get easier. But, yeah, I got Mark. Nice little segue here is that will be our next game we talk about. Uh, down in Region 4, Class 2A Division 2. Burton coming off a stifling win, 7 to nothing over Chilton last week. And they'll be taking on Granger, uh, coming coming off a victory against one of last year's 2A Division 2 state uh, finalists uh, in the Fall City Beavers, Granger. This game will be played Friday night at Memorial Stadium in Bastrop. This is a really, really interesting matchup here. Granger's got one of the best running backs in all of Class 2A. And, the, gosh, his name slips my mind again. I'm it right now because I was like, who is that kid over there? Yeah, he was, and, but, but then you look at Burton. Burton might have the best defense in all of Class 2A Division 2. And they did one touchdown, seven points, is all they needed on the offensive side of the ball to beat Chilton last week. And, now this Burton team, they're undefeated. They're really, really good. Granger's 11-2 on the year. But, you know, they've, they've played some st- uh, stiff competition as well. Do you have the name of that Granger kid? Oh, uh, yeah, DJ McClellan. That's right. Yeah, he's been unbelievable all year. What, what are his numbers on the year? Well, they don't have the whole stats. But, you know, okay. uh, midway through the season, he had 1,200 yards and 16 touchdowns. So, yeah. Yeah, he's a stud. And I've seen some uh, film of him. and. Granger likes to run the ball, and they're going to run, 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 and play some good defense. Uh, this is really a toss-up. You know, when we talked to Steph earlier in the year, like, who did you think was going to be Mark's biggest challenge on this side of the bracket? And he was like, it's, it's Burton. Burton. No, no, no question, Burton. So now we're fixing to figure figure out uh, if, you know, Martin, if Mark gets, uh, you know, they, they advance, and then whoever advances here, you know, it's just not going to get easier for any of these teams. No, not at all. And then, you know, but Granger, 35-15 winners over Fall City, really, really impressive victory there. This will be a fun matchup because this is one of those, another one of those class of styles thing. Burton, really, really good defensively, but Granger's really, really good offensively. And a lot of that is through the hands of McClellan. It'll be a really, really fun matchup here. I'm, it's a toss-up for me too. Who do you have in this one? 
man, you know, the way they handled Milano and, you know, earlier in, in the podcast when I thought that uh, Chilton would be a little closer game, I, you know, that maybe I was thinking 3 nothing instead of 7 nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, I messed that up. You know, I guess I'm going to have to go Burton in this one. You know, uh, yeah. props to, to, to Granger. They've had a great season, but I just think Burton's uh, – Pretty good little ball club. It's a, it's a toss. I think this and the Crawford Tuller game are the true, tried and true toss ups for this regional championship round. I'm going to take Burton too, but I'm not going to be surprised at all if DJ McClellan and the Granger Lions are able to come out here, establish a run game, and get the win over Burton. But I'm going to take the Burton Panthers in this one as well. Then our eighth and final game. Of the regional championship round, Malakoff coming off a very impressive victory over the West Trojans, 35-14. to And then Grandview coming off an equally impressive dominant victory, 29-7 over Pottsboro. This game will be played Friday at Lumpkin Stadium in Waxahachie. Again, I believe this is the ninth time in the last five seasons that these two teams have played each other. And every time they play each other, it, it, it's always a banger. Yeah, and, man, you know, we talked about Grandview Pottsboro earlier, and we talked about West Malakoff. Uh, what a what a game that was, you know, and I think Malakoff came out kind of thinking with everybody else, hey, let's stop this Mal- let's stop this West run, mm-hmm. make the Zane Mining kid, who's a good runner himself, throw the ball a little bit. You know, they, they've got some weapons on the outside with Boggs and, uh, and the Easton Paxton kid, but they just never could get it done. And I think uh, Malakoff played great defense. Oh, yeah. And uh, took their opportunities and scored. And this game, I, I'll be interested to see how Grandview comes out. Are they going to come out with Casey English and the Wildcat and try to run the ball? Because they've got two really good running backs in uh, Casey Cannon and J.J. Castillo. Uh, they've got some good wide receivers. If, if you get Ryder Hayes in the game, you got Casey English and you got the freshman, the, the Allen kid, and some other dudes. You got a big tight end, number 99. He made some big, big plays against Pottsboro. Uh, it'll be interesting, man. I, I just I don't really know how this game's going to go. Yeah, me either. I mean, I just look at what Malakoff did the West last year, or last week, rather, and it's just, I came away super, super impressed. I had Malakoff winning that game anyway, but not the way they did it. I think, uh, I think if I remember correctly, I did listen to this game on the radio for a little bit, um, at least most of the first quarter. And if I remember correctly, I think West took the opening kickoff and had the ball for maybe five or six minutes and then didn't score. Or I can't remember what the exact result is. But what I do remember, I, I do remember that drive ending in a, uh, on a fourth down, turnover on downs, forced by the Malakoff defense. And then the Malakoff offense trotted onto the field and they scored on their opening play from scrimmage. So it was, And it, they set the tone very, very early from there. They are a very good football team. And again, we talked about them playing each other. They've already played each other this year, and Grandview won 24 to 21, I believe was the final. And I know it was a three to seven point game, something like that. Uh, but Grandview won. And Malakoff, you know, it's especially with a team as good as Malakoff, it is incredibly difficult to beat such a good team twice. I think Malakoff gets the win here, Kenny. Yeah, I, I didn't look at the stats and see how Tennyson did against Granby in the first game. I think he ran for 130, 140 yards last week against mm-hmm. uh, West. And, you know, and looking back at the at the game recap, you know, West did touch him up with a couple of long pass plays, mm-hmm. but it was just uh, not enough. Uh, man, I've really 
it's kind of like you said, you know, when it's a toss-up, you know, the best player on the field, in my opinion, is Casey England. She's one of the best players in mm-hmm. 3A football. I'm going to go Granby. I like it. I mean, I mean, you're and you're absolutely not wrong for making that pick. I mean, it's they've already played each other. Again, we've said it before. They played each other a million times. They've already played this year, and it was a three-point game. They could have gone either way. A- absolutely fun matchup here whenever these two play. I'll take Malakoff still, but that's – I mean, that's a good – if one in doubt, go with the, the – the team with the best player on the field, and I, I'm with you. I think it's English. He's all around best athlete on the field, great football player. And I mean, I'm, I just was like, I'm not going to be surprised if Grandview wins again. Not, not at all. But I think Malakoff's just playing really, really good football right now, especially. I mean, again, I know you're not supposed to con- compare scores, but Malakoff just went out and beat West 35 to 14 last week. You go back to district play for Grandview; they lost to that same West team 38 21. So again, I'm you yeah, know, not really supposed to compare scores here, but I mean, Malakoff, man, I just think at the end of the day, I think they're just absolutely rolling right now. I think they're going to have revenge on their minds from losing back in the regular season. It's hard to beat a good team twice, so I'll take Malakoff here. You got cough. I've got the zebras. That'll be. A, I'd like. You know, that's kind of my one A. If I could one B. If I could go watch one, which is local. I, I don't know. Where's Columbus Franklin? That's Tom Balls. That's, so. that's yeah. That's down so you got uh, you got the Tuller Crawford game up in Burleson, right down the road. Kind of. Mm-hmm. You got uh, this game in Waxahachie, uh, China Spring, Annas, yeah. and Crowley. Yeah, that's all Friday night, man. That, that's three games right there in that area that we cover. Yeah. That, uh, that's kind of like Jack Allen. Uh, we talked to him earlier. He was at the Whitney Pottsboro game, mm-hmm. left at halftime, and drove all the way to Crowley for the, the Toler uh, Marlin game. Toler Marlin game, and it was a total blowout. Oh but, my goodness! Yeah, somebody Toler. could do that. You could go get a quarter and uh, go to Waxahachie and watch a half, and then drive up during halftime and go to Crowley and watch a little China Spring, and then swing by Burleson and get the oh. get the fourth quarter of the, that game. A lot of Central Texas games in the DFW Metroplex. How about that? A really, really amazing, amazing slate of games this week. And I thought, I cannot wait for this one. We're we're so close. We're just two weeks away from the state championship games in Arlington, Kenny. I'm so, so excited. Best time of the year, high school football in December. It doesn't get any, any better than this. And I'm just so, so excited. Oh, we only got two weeks left, man. Yeah, two weeks of the, of the podcast. It has flown by. We're going to have to do uh, record maybe Monday on state championship week, maybe. Well, yeah. Well, no, yeah, Wednesday. We, we yeah. should. We, we two should. A will play Wednesday night. So. Yeah, Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. That'd be Mart if they make it. So. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we got a good chance. We we didn't even talk about it today. The Abbott Panthers uh, in the six man yes. ranks. They if they win this week. Because there's only five rounds of six man. If mm-hmm. Abbott wins this week, they're in. They're yeah. in the state championship game. Last week they had their closest game of the year against Gordon. It was, Gordon. It was the only time they had 45 to team all year. And I think. Yep. It, it was like know, 34, 20. They had a freshman like whose dad is from Whitney, uh, Matt Hale. They got a freshman. Well, Gordon, they have two freshmen, and they'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this Hale kid, I think he ran for 300 something yards against <sighs> Gordon, scored several touchdowns. So. We may broaden our horizons next year and do a little bit of six-man. Because there's, there's a lot of six-man around, around our Good area. six-man really football good. around here. Yeah, Blum's not too far away from making, winning a state championship game mm-hmm. and going to the semifinals. And Abbott won one four or five years, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit longer. Jonesboro's always been good. Yep. Milford used to, you know, they're not too far removed from playing in a state championship mm-hmm. game. Yeah, they played back in 2018, I believe, against McLean. Well, I mean, just all levels, there's just great football being played 
around our central, greater central Texas area. It's really, really exciting. We're so blessed to be able to cover this. It's been fun all year long. The 16 episodes in, and you guys are still listening. We really, really do appreciate it. And it's it's exciting, man. It's the funnest time of the year. The December football, December Texas high school football. Can you ask for much more? And again, we mentioned a wise man once said, teams to remember play in December. And with that being said, that will do it for us for episode 16 of the Central Texas Football Podcast, the region final edition of the CTFP. Remember, you can follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter at CTFP Podcast. You can email us at ctfppodcast.com and our social media pages. We have our link tree links where you can check out our website, uh, email us, check out all the links, every link to every uh, podcast platform you can find us on and just all of our stuff right there on our social media pages. Once again, that'll do it for us. Thank you for tuning in to episode 16 of the Central Texas Football Podcast. For Kenny Heath, I'm Ryan Fox, and enjoy the regional championship of the Texas high school football season.